Welcome to Migration Stories, a project of Kansas African Studies Center that gathers the experiences of immigration for Africans who live in the Midwest. Today, a father and engineer from Morocco shares his story and talks about the pain of leaving home. I was born in, uh, in Kinitra. It's about uh, 40 kilometers north of Rabat, the capital. For me, the biggest question about people who immigrate is why. What does it take to make you leave everything you know? So I asked him, why did you leave Morocco? For, I mean, I'm just going to flip that question and ask you about the same thing. What will it take for you to actually go to Canada or to, to, uh, you know, to Argentina? You know, what, what, what are the forces that will actually force you to get out of here? probably have to be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, this is exactly the same. I mean, if you, if you, if you take away the future, you know, you take away, as a student, you grow, and you, you see like a glimpse, I mean, like a dark. You, don't, you, you see, like you see your brothers, they, are, they got their degree, no job, they're sitting down there, you know, there is no jobs for them. And then you, you are just going to, you know, just about to graduate from high school. And you see the older brother or your neighbors that have been sitting, finished their degree, like four or master's degree, and don't have a job, and just go into a cafe down in the street, sipping the coffee and then talking about politics. There is nothing to do. That is very huge. The only way is just to go and venture our way and then, and then go seek other opportunities. So therefore, Germany started that exchange in those, those years prior. Mm-hmm. And then uh, said, oh, I'll go to Germany. Why not? Uh, there is nothing for me here. Can you tell me about when you left Morocco for the first time to go to Germany? All that experience was tough. I remember vividly uh, that, you know, I was actually in tears. You know, when I was, when I was leaving my family, I was riding my, with my brother on the car. And man, it was, it was, it was tough. It was, uh, you know... Um, it was, it was not easy to let go of all your family because we have, in Morocco, there's a sense of uh, family uh, that protects you. You have always, it's kind of like a refuge for you. Mm-hmm. Your family, that's where, you know, interconnected deeply versus here. I think because economics, maybe, mm-hmm. because their family, they safeguard one another and help one another. And then you have families, I remember, uh, in our neighborhood, you know, you, you, the doors are open. You go to uh, so-and-so, they are, and you go to their house. And if they are open and they are eating, you are eating with them, you know. And then that's kind of a, it's a community. It's a, it was so safe, and then the help one another. If you need, oh, you'll run out of something. And then you go, oh, go to uh, so-and-so, They'll, they have, if they have extra. And then you go and borrow an onion or a tomato or something. And then, yeah, and they give you that. And then, you know, it was kind of like a... That sense of, and their children became like, you know, still childhood, it was like my, my friends, you know, like my brothers, my sisters, you know, we played all together, games, you know. And then, all of a sudden, I am leaving them. Mm-hmm. And it was hard, it was hard, you know. I, I remember I was crying in the train when I was from Paris to Dortmund, you know. Was, yeah, wow, I was, because I knew that I'm leaving that, that whole that patrimony, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, that's there that I have uh, built throughout my childhood all the way to my adolescent life. And then I am about to embark on a new 
journey where I don't know what the heck I am about to see. Germany, I have no idea, never been there, no language. If I had some alternative uh, opportunities that I was uh, that I can envision when I was, I would never probably go to Germany. Mm. Yeah, but this is the, that was the only way. A friend of mine, he's there. He's been gone for about two years. He will show me around. Through him, I realized that there were other Moroccan, you know, people before me. There were people that came also in the same time as me. You know, we were actually about. 20-some people knew at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, because they were all from all other places they were to study there in Germany. That in itself, that, uh, that, that entourage, the group of people kind of give you that security because, because they are going through the same, same <laughs> thing, you know. And that's, uh, yeah, that was, that was good that actually that, that I had because if otherwise, if it was just me, from Morocco and other people from from other places, I would probably I don't know, oh my goodness, what you know, it'd be I don't know how I I would have I would have handled that, but you know, in togetherness lies the force, I guess. I uh, met my wife in Germany, and then she's from Kansas, and then we moved to uh, Indiana, where she's gonna finish her uh, uh, degree in uh, music. Uh, at the University of Notre Dame, and then we stayed there for uh, until she finished her masters, and then and, and then I moved here to finish my stuff, my 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 academic uh, uh, journey at the University of Kansas, so where I finished my electrical engineering degree. Well, because I didn't know English, or just little English that I knew back then, and then my wife she was finishing, and I was you know I was just learning by myself, and then I found a job there in a hotel nearby just to give me something to do, you know. Uh, how is how is being in uh, Indiana different than being in Germany? Well, because you know coming it was just me and my wife. I didn't have any friends, no circle of friends where you can. Uh, that's one thing, you know. Uh, the language barrier, you know, that's um, the second element to it. Uh, you know, I, you know, it was just a little kind of uh, tough. I do, I did have some, but I wouldn't call them friends. But it was just co-workers at the hotel when I was working. Mm -hmm. They were really friendly people. It just uh, myself, I didn't have the, you know, the the language, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to communicate. And, and uh, it was in the beginning just lacking. My infancy stage where I'm learning and you know are trying to say something, uh, they perceive it differently because my uh, I couldn't say it right. You know, yeah. you know so that's uh, that is the thing. You know, it's hard to make friends. You know, I can see when folks sometimes here like from Mexico or working and and then with they're just struggling with the language. You know, mm -hmm. I understand. Like, you know what 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 they are going through. Oh, I don't say I don't. I've never experienced any discrimination here. I mean, yeah. Any discrimination? Any, zero. Yeah. Of any kind. Yeah, uh, any kind. That yeah. really surprises me. Yeah, that is that. Yeah, I maybe a meal. I don't think I did. Hmm. Never had. Never why? had in my life. I don't know why. Even in my early, you know, beginning when I came, I had never had. Even when you couldn't speak English. Even when I couldn't speak English, you know, I told you when I was working with those guys, in the hotel, you know, working, and, you know, I had really. Very fun time with me. Invite me if to go to a comedy on uh, one of the bars there. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, I was invited many times to go and attend. Although my English was almost like, you know, not good at all. Let me rewind back. Also, in Germany, 
I don't think I have even experienced it in Germany, personally. You know, sometimes when you go and use like the the tram or the train or some woman likes looks at you like she moves her purse to the other side, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that in Germany. I was surprised to hear that he hadn't experienced discrimination. Learning this made me realize a stereotype of my own. I had always assumed that the simple fact of being an immigrant in the U.S. meant that you were discriminated against, but it's more complicated than that. He is educated, has light skin, and his English is good enough that if you only met him in passing, you might think he was from Brooklyn, not Morocco. Yes, he is an immigrant, but if you only knew that, you wouldn't know anything about him at all. His experience has been completely different from that of a refugee from Syria or a student from Nigeria. You would learn a lot more about him by knowing that he's a father. And like all fathers, his primary concern is for his children. My kids, uh, my daughter, she is, uh, when she was born in 1999, she was always fun. Uh, she was like a monkey. She was jump and make flips and she, that's what she was in gymnastics. Very now she is at Creighton, a sophomore. My son he is a senior at Free State High School, and and he's uh, he's gonna go to KU. He's decided that he was actually what he really likes is uh, journalism, sports journalism. Tell him you still can do what you wanted to do uh, as as a hobby. You can be a freelancer. You know, you know that's what that's what this nowadays you see a lot of uh, newscasts like ESPN or CNN. They rely heavily on on a freelancer and the youngest one uh, he's 11 years old and he's now in Boy Scouts too and he's a freshman in the middle school West Middle School and he likes games video games a lot I, I don't know the worst thing we did for his birthday is buy him that computer looking ahead at your future and, and the future of your kids what do you see uh, I'm, 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 I'm hoping I'm hoping that, that the situation will be conducive to learning about one another. All this, this gap that is going like this, increasing, narrows down to, for understanding. That's my hope. And then uh, I hope also that the, uh, that my children and they have an environment where they can be themselves and be happy and then and reap the benefit and the pride of this, of being in the United States as one of the, the beacon of justice and as long as there's justice, there'll be safety. But uh, I'm hoping for my children, and you know, that they'll be working uh, and contributing, and then be having a happy life. The music was Arid Foothills by Kevin McLeod, and was licensed through Creative Commons. It can be found on Incavitech.com. This has been a production of CASC, the Kansas African Studies Center at the University of Kansas. I'm Cayman Simmons. If you're interested in sharing your story, or learning more about the Migration Stories project, please visit migrationstories.ku.edu.